welcome to my library. Welcome to another episode on the pod. I hope everyone is doing good. I hope everyone had a good week. All the stuff. I have realized that it is the end of April, which means it is time for the monthly wrap-up. Since I read a lot of Sarah J. Mass books this month, I did read some other books besides hers. I'm going to do an in-depth review on the other books that I read and just go over them, how I felt, just spoil it. So if you don't want to be spoiled, then, you know, don't be spoiled, but I will be talking about most of the plots for these books. There's not a lot of books that I read this month that were not Sarah J Mass books, so it won't be super long, but regardless, just wanted to update you, um, just let you know. So yeah, let's get right on into it. First, let's start with what I'm currently reading. I am currently reading Crescent City House of Earth and Blood. I think I was reading this last podcast episode and I'm getting through it. It'll be good. I should be done with it soon, I hope. And I am also reading another book at the on my Kindle and it is called does it hurt by hd carlton so those are the books that i'm reading right now i will talk about does it hurt um when i'm done with it because i'm not sure if it's gonna be a dnf or not yet i kind of got it on a whim it was super cheap on my kindle but it might just it might just be a little too much for me so we're gonna see but yeah anyway Let's get into the books that I read in April. So the first book that I read and finished was A Court of Wings and Ruin, which is the third book in the A Court of Thorns and Roses series. And I, it was my second read through of this book. I had read the first two um, SJM A Court of Thorns and Roses books twice already, like beforehand. So during this read through it was my third time reading the first two books but it was my second time reading this book and reading it again was very helpful I'm very glad that I did that because I forgot a lot of things that happened and some things that happened I don't know like what I was doing where I was where my brain was but I was like oh I I did not know that this happened and I don't know like where it went so it was good to do the read through it hit me the same as it hit me the first time with the emotions especially at the end of the book because the end of the book is so has so much in it like the last 150 200 pages are just really like high stakes and you don't really know what's gonna happen and then like stuff does happen and you're just it's like a throw your book across the room type of feeling 
and I had the same feeling even though I knew how it ended so yeah it was really good and I just you know there's such a comforting feeling that I get when I reread Akatar, especially um, like the second and third books because I just feel like at home with those characters and in that world and they're just some of my favorite people to read about so that was really good and then I read A Court of Frost and Starlight which is the fourth book in the series and this one is like a 200 page novella it kind of wraps up some characters stories like the main characters like Feyre um it wraps up her story pretty good and then the last book of the series is a different character's point of view so it kind of wraps up Feyre's story and then it leads into like what the next characters are going to be which are Nesta and Cassian and I'm it gets all ready for that it does the one thing that like tripped me up when I first read it was so Feyre's point of view was first person and it was like oh I feel like this he does this to me that sort of stuff but then Cassian and Nesta's point of views are third person so Cassian did this Nesta reacted like this and it kind of tripped me up a little bit because their chapters towards the end of the novella kind of intertwine and so you get like a favorite chapter and then a Cassian chapter and then a um, Nesta chapter and so it was kind of like tripped me up a little bit but I mean most of Sarah J Mass's books are written in third person and I feel like she's more comfortable writing like that, especially with books that maybe aren't about Feyre and Rhysand. So, I don't know. That's just how my I feel about it, maybe. But regardless, yeah, it was a nice little novella, you know, wraps up the story. It's like a little Christmas special, basically, just at the, like, their world trying to get back to normal after all of the events that happened in the last book so it was a good little conclusion and I'm excited to finish out the series after I finish Crescent City so that is good and then the next book I read was Kingdom of Ash by Sarah J Mass and this was the last book in the Throne of Glass series and I took my sweet time with this but this book is almost a thousand pages long so I just you know what I don't want to overwhelm myself so I'm just gonna read it at my pace and not stress myself out that's what I did and it was really nice and I really enjoyed it the first time I read through this series I listened mostly to it especially the last two books Tower of Dawn and Kingdom of Ash and I felt like that, like, I wish I hadn't done that because I did myself a disservice and there were so much things happening in this book that I forgot or didn't fully understand because I'm not great with, like, auditory, like, uh, learning and stuff and I just can't 
like retain any information if I hear it orally like I have to see it written down or like you have to show me or something but just hearing like hearing directions it's one ear in and out the other like you could be talking to a brick wall like there's nothing different but if you show me or if I'm like reading the words on paper then I got you I understand but anyway so that's how I felt reading this last book was like I know everything that happens I know how the book ends but like all these little mini parts I forgot how they get from there to here how like Manon's story kind of ends and develops how Dorian like gets into Morath and finds like the thing that he needs to find and how like Aelin and Rowan how they get from like one end of one continent to the other end of the continent in in in, like such a short period of time like I totally missed that I just kind of assumed like oh I don't know they just got there like whatever but you know instead when I read it it actually does its job and explains how they got to these places and that's something that I missed but I'm glad that I reread it and now I know for sure what happens and I can appreciate this book so much more because I know what happened for like a hundred percent so yeah I really enjoyed Kingdom of Ash still one of my favorite books it just was like a great ending to a fantastic series and I will never shut up about Throne of Glass it is my favorite so after I finished Kingdom of Ash I felt like I needed to take a break from fantasy so I read a couple of other books while I was kind of trying not to be in a book slump and I actually ended up DNFing a book this month so the book that I DNF'd was A Thousand Boy Kisses by Trilly Cole and this book I let me explain the premise to you and then I'll tell you why I DNF'd so basically the premise of this book is like one boy one girl they have this bond they've been bonded since childhood they've been like best friends they've been together since they were really little and their name the boy's name is rune and the girl's name is poppy and it the story starts out when rune and poppy meet rune is from another country he's like from sweden or something he doesn't know english he moves he misses his home he but he meets this girl across the street and her name is poppy and they're the same age and she kind of takes him under her wing and helps him out and stuff and kind of teaches him some english and whatever and one day after school poppy's brought home early because her grandmother is dying and her parents bring her home so that she can say goodbye and so basically her grandmother tells Poppy about how happy she was to live this life and how grateful she is that she had to she got to have all of this family around her 
and she tells Poppy about these this jar of kisses that she collected over her years and she said every time that I had a kiss that was very meaningful and meant a lot to me I would write the person's name on a piece of paper and then I would write how it made me feel and where the kiss was and then I put it in this jar and so that's what like I have for you is you are to collect a thousand boy kisses so that when you get older you can do the same thing that I did and have a glorious life and whatever so then her grandmother passes away Poppy is sad of course and she and Rune basically make this deal where like he will give her all of those kisses and that's when they become bonded and then it jumps to like 10 years in the future Rune and Poppy are like 17 they're about to graduate and the premise of this book is like it's a sad book that you definitely cry and I wasn't very um like I love a good book that'll make me cry but I didn't really understand like is this book a romance not a romance I don't know I read the first two chapters and I DNF'd it because it's so cringy that the I think the mo the, the chapters that that I read that were like in the present day were in Rune's perspective the cringiest like in writing ever like it was so cheese and so corny I couldn't I couldn't stand it like I would read one sentence and like cringe so hard and be like okay that was that was not cute like that was just not cute and then I'd be like okay okay it's fine it's just that one line I'd read the next line same thing and I'm like okay if this is how the book's gonna go I don't know if I can continue to read it so I DNF'd it I don't know if I'll pick it back up maybe if I get convinced enough I will if it comes back around enough times I will pick it back up but right now I'm just gonna lay it down and not so yeah that book was a DNF apparently everyone loves it I mean the Goodreads rating is 4.14 stars that is very high and I know that this book means so much to so many people so I don't know maybe in a future lifetime I can get over the cheese and just read it and find out what happens because I know this book will make you sob and if I when the next time I need to feel like that I'll I'll go for it but we'll see the next book I read was Heartless and this one was by um Elsie Silvers I said her name wrong before and I felt embarrassed about that um but this book I gave this one um three out of five stars I liked it but I didn't love it it's a it's book two and a standalone series so that means like 
you can read the books on their own, it's fine, but they're all interconnected by some characters. So this book was the second one in the series, and I just picked it up because I liked, oh, this was the trope, I did tell you about this, this was the trope where it's like an age gap, and she's his nanny, and has to live with him, and I said, like, I don't know if I can actually read this, or if it'll hit, like, if it'll be too weird and hit too close to home, but it actually, it was fine, because it was kind of unrealistic, like, you can tell somebody who's never been a babysitter or a nanny kind of wrote this, because of just the character, like, the main character is Willa, and she needs a place to stay, so her friend Summer who was the one of the main characters of the first book, she offers, she says, hey, my fiancé's brother needs a nanny for his son for the summer. So how about you be a nanny for a summer? You'll get, like, free rent, free food and stuff, and all you have to do is look after one sweet little boy, and you get to hang out with me all summer because I'm, like, going to be his his uh, sister-in-law so that'll be great and so she says okay she goes and then Willa meets Cade who is the boy's dad that she's going to nanny and Cade is very grumpy very unhappy he has a lot of issues his wife his wife basically left him because for you know dumb reasons you should never leave your child but like she basically trapped him in a pregnancy then continued to like sleep around with other guys and then eventually left and doesn't really come around that often so he's kind of still heartbroken from that and his son is now five years old and he needs help because he like runs his ranch and when school's out so that's where Willa comes in, but he doesn't like Willa because she's apparently very attractive and, like, all sunshine and rainbows and happiness, and he is dark, grumpy, Mr. Sad Man. So she moves into his house, and then, you know, they start having a little affair of their own eventually, and I liked this book. I liked where it was going. I thought the romance was nice. I thought it was cute. I thought it was romantic. I loved that Cade basically decided to start working on himself, that he could trust Willa, and Willa was like, I can be okay, like I can be content with this little life here instead of trying to run away from all my problems. And then at the end, Bear with me. Here we go. At the end, basically, Cade gets injured in, like, this bull riding thing and has to go to the hospital. So Willa takes him while they're there. Willa runs into Summer's estranged sister, and her name is Winter. I know, very, very original here. So Winter is, like, the nurse that helps wrap up. Cade's injury and she's talking to Willa and she doesn't really like want to carry on this conversation so Winter leaves and Willa follows her down the hallway and they start talking and Willa 
it kind of tell asks Winter like how her life has been going. She tells her about Summer, how Summer misses her and whatever. And Winter is like, yeah, you know, I just never felt very close with Summer because she had you. And you guys are like, you know, peas in a pod. Like, you even get your periods at the same time. Ha ha ha. And Willa's like, yeah, I mean, we're like very synced up to the day. And then she realizes that a few days ago, Summer got her period and she was complaining of cramps and Willa hasn't gotten her period yet. And Winter kind of sees this look on her face like, oh no. And then Winter's like, you didn't let him get you pregnant, did did you? Blah, blah, blah. And anyways, so she's like, can I take a test? And she takes the test and it's she's pregnant and then she like tells Cade she's like I wasn't trying to trap you in a pregnancy but this is happening and I don't really know what to do and you should be able to choose what you want to do because like you never asked for this and apparently like if you get food poisoning and you throw up all day your birth control pills don't really work anymore and Kate is like, no, I want this. I want you. I was going to tell you that I wanted you to stay. And she's like, no, 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 run away. And then, okay, I liked the book until that point. I don't like a pregnancy trope if the story is wrapped up in the epilogue four years down the future. Oh, my gosh. Like, wow, we've been trying and we having a baby after the whole story has wrapped up. And then in the epilogue, so that I don't have to really read about it, they've already chosen each other, they've already committed to this relationship, they're not, you're not using the pregnancy, like, as a plot point and as a plot twister at all, like, I don't like that, don't, like, I don't like using stuff like that to, it's not romantic for me, like, that's a very serious situation and I don't like how that it just felt a little icky so anyway I decided to just finish it because I was already like 90% done with the book and to not finish it at that point would have made me mad so I finished it gave it three stars it was fine I will be happy I read it and not read another book in this standalone series or probably anything else by this author but that's okay you know I'm glad other people liked it it is rated pretty high on Goodreads so that's all you can hope for and then the next book that I read was Mile High by Liz Tom Ford I loved this book it's a sports romance with hockey and a flight attendant so Stevie is the flight attendant and oh what's his name Xanders Xanders is his name Xanders is the hockey player he plays for Chicago and Stevie is the flight attendant that flies like with his team so when they're going to different cities for away games she's a part of that flight crew and Xanders basically has this persona where he doesn't 
let anybody know the real him. He's actually a really nice, thoughtful, caring guy. But to the media, he is a womanizer. He gets into fights with a lot of fellow hockey players. He spends a lot of time in the penalty box. And that's kind of his persona. made him a lot of money. And people, quote-unquote, expect that out of... Xander's. So his best friend is like the family man. He has a wife. He has two kids. He loves his family. Him, him and Xander's are best buds and they are neighbors. And so that's kind of the persona that this team is giving off. And apparently it makes them very popular. So when... Stevie starts working for this flight crew. She meets Xanders. He sits in the exit row with his friend Madison. And she has to do, like, the exit row debriefing, like, in case of an emergency, are you willing and able, that sort of thing. And she needs to have a verbal yes or no each time they fly. So that's multiple times a week, like, you know all that stuff, but something about her, Xander's, cannot get her out of his head, even though he's used to kind of, you know, he, he sleeps with a girl and then forgets about her and goes on to the next girl, like, that's who he is, that's who the media thinks he is, that's all he thinks he deserves, he doesn't think he deserves real love, and Stevie is coming from a place of she doesn't feel good enough she is really insecure about the way her body looks she is always in the shadow of her famous brother who is an NBA basketball player for Chicago and so she just kind of is trying to get by life quietly privately But then Xanders keeps picking on her because he's intrigued by her and there's a lot of tension between them and then they end up secretly dating and she will lose her job if anyone finds out that they're together and Easy can't be seen with her in public because he is trying to put on this persona where he can't be tied down and in So anyway, then it goes through, you know, all the predictable stuff. But I just, I really liked the character development with Xanders. I called him Easy because that's like his nickname in the book. His name is Evan Xanders, but they call him Xanders or Easy. Um, I really liked his character development. He has like a lot of issues where he's coming from, like from his childhood. And I felt like I related to both Stevie and Xanders with like you know one of your parents not being around and being like you know having those insecurities about how you look and not being really good enough for somebody not being somebody's first choice and that's kind of the things that they were going through and them kind of working together to get through these issues and it was really cute. Like, I really liked the story. I loved Stevie, the main character, the girl main character. And I just, I loved 
the simpleness, the simple writing of this book. I thought it was great. The second book is about Ryan, Stevie's brother, and Stevie's co-worker from the plane. And I'm really excited to read that one. Apparently, that one is even better than the first one, so I'm excited to see how it is. But something about sports romances lately have been really good for me. I've loved the Dirty Air series. That one, you know, is the F1 racing written by Lauren Asher. I love the that one Springtide book by Keith Stevens where he was like a football player and it was a fake dating trope. But yeah, these books, these uh, sports romances, I'm not one for sports. You tell me, like, I would rather not watch sports. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. I don't know why people get so feral with sports. But, like, I under, I can understand, but at the same time, I don't really understand. And But reading about it, I don't know. It just is really really nice to read about um and then the books I'm reading now are Crescent City I should finish that by next time I record and I should also definitely finish or have DNF'd um Does It Hurt by whatever author I said so that is all for today oh by the way not all for today. I have one more thing. Um, the day I'm recording this is Tuesday. You'll get this on Sunday. So today is the day that Happy Place came out by Emily Henry. And Emily Henry is one of my favorite authors. I love her books. And I just did a podcast episode about her. So happy Emily Henry Day, everybody. I have Happy Place. It's with me right now. It's beautiful. It's bright pink. It blinds my eyes a little bit. I love it. Can't wait to read it and let you know how I felt about it. I heard that this one was a great one. People who got an ARC of it, ARC is Advanced Reader's Copy, said that it was like one of Emily Henry's tops. Like it tops her books. Even featured. And that is a big thing because people, there's like a cult around Beach Read. People love it that much. So I'm definitely excited to read that. I'll read it soon and let you know soon. So that's exciting. But yeah, thank you all for listening. Thank you for coming to my library. And I will see you guys later. Bye.